The following audio program may contain content not suitable for some humans. Listener discretion Ooh, is advised. Excuse me, uh, pardon the interruption. Lord Holgar here. I know you're all very eager to sink your fangs or tentacles or beaks or what have you into the highly anticipated second episode of Emperor Pigs. <laughs> but I just have a quick, tiny little announcement to make regarding something more exciting. You see, for a very limited time, the team behind the show, a mysterious fellowship of hooded figure types calling themselves Postal Roach, are just handing out copies of the critically acclaimed audiobook for young demons, Holgar's First Bloodbath, as gifts to our Patreon supporters. You heard that right, worms! While supplies last, you could get your claws on the greatest bedtime story ever told, Holgar's first bloodbath at a mere fraction of its MSRP by pledging as little as one dollar. And that's not to mention some other amazing perks like early ad-free access to the show, a direct line to chat with the cast and crew on Discord, and your very own at emperorpigs.com email address. And for our patrons with deeper pockets, the honor of having characters on the show openly worship you as a god. <laughs> but do hurry. While those other perks aren't going away, the gift of Holgar's first bloodbath is only available while supplies last. A computer program is standing by to take your pledge. So point your browser to patreon.com slash postalroach now. And do be sure to stick around after the credits for a sample of Holgar's first bloodbath as read by Grant Patrizio. Whoever that schmuck is. Ta-ta, my fat modios! Previously on Emperor Pigs. Listen up, guys. I'd like you all to meet the newest addition to our family. This is Maggie. I just lost it. I became the wolf. I want six pizzas! I sliced the throat of the demon who just appeared? Lord Hogar, I think it was. Oh, I will be filing a complaint with the health department. But for you, little bitch pup, I have your manager. So I'd like to make a little trade. You, for Gordon. As a Gorgon, faces are something of a tragic fascination with me. Throughout my years, I have seen faces that scream, faces that sob, and faces that plead. All frozen in time by my unique... Uh, ability. I've got to go. When Maggie returned to the storage unit, I saw on her the face of someone who had given up on everything. Someone who had abandoned all hope. I had only seen that face once before, when I was young, on the reflective surface of a burning helicopter. Are you okay, Maggie? What's wrong? Nothing. It's nothing. I've just got to go now. It was nice meeting all of you. Goodbye. Max, wait! Bernard, aren't you going to say anything? Just a few minutes ago, you didn't want me to talk to her. Ugh, I didn't want you to hit on her. This is different. Peter, where are you going? That face reminded me of when I had worn it myself. The pain, the suffering. I followed the young werewolf and placed a hand firmly on her shoulder before she reached the door. Hey, get off. You're not alone. What? Whatever you're going through right now, 
you can tell us, and we can help. We want to help. So please, let us help. I... oh. And then I gave her what I'd wanted second most in the world. Peter, I can't breathe. Let go. Shh, don't, don't talk. It's going to be okay. <sighs> in retrospect, she may not have appreciated the hug so much. Peter, what are you doing? He's smothering her to death. Points for creativity, Pete. Damn it, Fernand, I'm not smothering her. I'm giving her a hug. A warm, caring hug. Peter, wolves don't do hugs. Let her go before she changes. Oh. Sorry. You should know better. How long have we lived together? I don't know. Uh, Seven, eight... No, seven years. Seven years. Something like that. That was a rhetorical question, Peter. And Maggie, don't think you can just say it's nothing and run off like that. I'm a wolf too, remember? Keen senses and all. I can smell a lie a mile away, so you'd better tell us what's going on right now. Fine, I'll tell you. Just don't let him comfort me like that again. (laughs) Maggie proceeded to tell us about Lord Holgar kidnapping Gordon. And about his, um, well, frankly, unreasonable demands. We all processed the news in our own ways. Fernand, to his credit, set out to weasel whatever information he could out of his overabundance of underworld connections. Rove took Maggie back to our apartment to teach her some tricks to keep her urges under control. Meanwhile, I... I took to my place of peace and tranquility. Now we are going to take a journey to your happy place. A portal is opening in front of you. Step through it. Now you are in your happy place, where anything can happen. In front of you is a bloody hatchet. How did that get there? As you inspect the hatchet, you can detect the faintest scent of fresh blood. Take the hatchet. We are going to need it later. Are you still breathing? Good. I'm not entirely sure where it is, but I know it's very far from everyone else. I made sure of that the first time I came here. The most frustrating thing about being a Gorgon is the incessant need to let one's hair down. As one might suspect, there aren't exactly a lot of safe places to do that. This forest is mine. I feel like I can breathe out here. Really breathe. And so I do. Gordon's kidnapping was stressing me out more than I cared to admit. He believed in me at a time when I... When even I didn't believe in me. He gave me a job. He gave me confidence. He gave me this device that takes me here. The thought of losing Gordon was enough to rattle even the most timid of my serpents. But surrendering Maggie to the bully Holgar was not a reasonable solution either. Problem after problem arose, and answers were not presenting themselves. Without Gordon's calm patience and unwavering understanding, I felt useless, adrift, unable to form so much as a coherent thought, let alone a rescue plan. I looked down at the device in my hand, and my mind drifted to something Gordon had once said. Remember, a good pizza takes time. You can't go through all the steps at once, or all you'll end up with is a mess. I wasn't entirely sure how it applied here, but it was a good memory, and we were prepping for the grand opening of Emperor Pigs. 
Gordon was there for me every step of the way. It took the entire night before I finally got it right, but he never gave up, even when I wanted to. As I thought back to that time, I realized two things. One, I was a terrible chef back then, and two, when I was learning how to make pizza, the answers were never all there from the get-go. I had to learn as I acquired new information. When Maggie asked me what we were going to do, I felt terrible telling her I didn't know. But that was foolish of me. It wasn't important that I knew right away. What was important was that I was going to figure it out. It was time to return. My brief escape at its end. Well, back to the fray. and demons start running the pizza shop Emperor picks pizza and six pizza and cigarettes The city of Rochia where dreams and nightmares are interchangeable The worst of the worst roam these streets And that's just the humans But monsters and demons live here too And we serve all of them so if you're looking for somewhere to grab a hot slice, and you don't mind a 47% chance of survival, you'll fit right in at Emperor Pigs. Featuring Alexander Doughty as Peter, Jessica Rose as Maggie, Sarah McManus as Rove, Persephone Rose as Fernod, and Carlos Ortega Jr. as Gordon Czar. Back in my room, I tucked the device safely into its hiding spot, just as Gordon had instructed when he gave it to me. The ritual reminds me how important balance is in my life. All things in their proper place. Hello? Hey, Farnot's got some info you're going to want to hear. Sorry, new phone. Who's this? Oh, that joke hasn't been funny in years. I think you've got the wrong number. Meet at the shop. Bring Rove and the new meat. Typically, I found Farnot's... Uh, info to be about as useful as a screen door in space, but I had hoped that the dire circumstances might motivate him a bit, so a quick wrap of the turban, and I was ready to go. Where's Rose? She told us to go on ahead. Apparently she spent so much time teaching Maggie how to take the edge off, she forgot to take care of herself. Ah, excused absence then. Indeed. So, what have you found out? Have a seat, class, and let Fernard educate you. Let's just get on with it, Fernard. Talking back to the teacher? That's detention, young... Fernard, <sighs> info, right this fucking second. Okay, spoiled sport, have it your way. I heard from a friend who heard from a friend who heard what Lord Holgar likes to do to his hostages. Maggie, you should probably leave for this. Let the meat stay. She should know the consequences of her carnivorous carousal. Oh, Fernard. My patience has just about... It's fine, Peter. I want to hear. Wonderful. She's a masochist. Fernard loves masochists. Fernard, enough. Now tell us what you heard. Gladly. When it comes to torture, Lord Holgar likes to call himself a traditionalist. I like to call him an original, but that's neither here nor there. 
He prefers to keep his captives somewhere cold. It keeps the sting of any flesh wounds he incurs. Now, for normal victims, he just takes them and does a little here and there with a knife or a sword or some other kind of sharp object, basically, before opening them up like a candy wrapper. Maggie, you really don't have to listen to this. No, I'm okay. Keep going. So, as Fernand was saying, that's just for your everyday off-the-street total stranger victims. When it's personal, things get a bit freakier. No one's entirely sure exactly what happens, but when he doesn't like someone, he makes sure there's nothing left of them to find. The most I could find out was from a drugged-up homeless guy who swore he saw the earth swallow a guy up like he was an edible. And? And what? And did you happen to get a location out of anyone? Nah, man, that's all I got. This is the kind of thing you could have told us over the fucking phone. We didn't have to come here in person. If we're not figured if we outnumbered the new meat. Okay. That's it. You want some of this? You want some of this? Hey, boy! You want some of this shit? Yeah! Oh, 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 shit! Oh, 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 Peter, get off. You're sitting the wrong person. You know, I warned Gordon about you. I told him you'd be nothing but trouble. Imagine my surprise when it turned out I was right. I'm trying to save Gordon. You know how this works. You drafted the contract. And as usual, you're doing the absolute minimum that's required of you. You don't even care about Gordon. You're just trying to protect your own laissez-faire lifestyle. Give me one good reason I shouldn't turn you to stone. Right here. Right now. Peter! Maggie, close your eyes. It's time I took care of our rodent problem. Come on, man. Peter, stop it. Listen to the bitch. Listen to the bitch. At that moment, I didn't want to listen to anyone. My rage was deafening. My snakes hissing in my ears. In my head, Bernard's fate was sealed. He had earned this, and I was dead set on finally ending his pathetic life in all of an instant. My hand was already tugging at my turban, when a hand on my shoulder gave me pause. This isn't what Gordon would want. How would you know that? Because I think you know it too. One day. One day what? You have one day to find Gordon. My face is the last one you'll ever see. Are we clear? You aren't really going to kill him, are you? I won't have to. Huh? If there's one thing Fernod's good at, it's saving his own skin. That's pragmatic, I guess. He'll find Gordon now that he's properly motivated. And if he doesn't? We'll worry about that ingredient when it goes sour. I'm sorry, what? It's a bu- Oh, never mind. See, I was going for a metaphor and it just kind of- I forget it. He'll do his part. Hello, I- Sorry, ma'am. 
We're closed today. But I... I don't know what Fernand promised you, but we really aren't open. I can recommend a few shops that are, if you'd like. I am not a customer. I applied for a job here. Oh, um, yes, uh, our hiring manager isn't here today. Did you check your email for an interview date? Yes, it told me I was scheduled for today. Uh Uh-huh. Well, I'm sure there was, uh, an error in the system. If you leave your name and number on this notepad, we'll work on rescheduling you for the earliest available date. This is a roll of toilet paper. What can I say? Business isn't great. I didn't take you for fancy. Isn't there, I don't know, an assistant hiring manager I can talk to, or somebody in legal? I'd really like to get started as soon as possible. I'm afraid we don't have a legal department. We're a small company, you see. Huh. Then who drafted this contract I was told to sign and bring in? I did. I... I, I, I did. Are you okay, mister? Huh? Oh. Never better. Come back, um, sometime next week, and we'll see what we can do about getting you that interview. Maggie, come with me. Where are we going? To the law library. Okay, I guess I'll just wait here then. Oh, my dear sweet beach pup, hello! Come for your last meal. And what are you doing here? I'm Maggie's acting legal counsel. I thought we agreed on a one-on-one arrangement. As I'm sure an enterprising demon such as yourself can appreciate, we at Emperor Pigs, NLC, cannot have our clientele taking hostages. In lieu of going through the proper feedback channels. If we did, well, <laughs> we'd be out of employees within a week. So, do you mind if I sit? Are you going to anyway? Well, since you insist. So, as I was saying, while we appreciate that you have some... some concerns regarding the way in which our business is managed, we believe it would be in everyone's best interest to set up a situation that's agreeable for both parties. Uh, yes, what do you have in mind? I'm glad you asked. I have prepared a contract which states in absolutely clear terms that we respect your right to do as you will to the Rochian in your possession, but that you, in the future, shall refrain from bringing physical harm either directly or indirectly to any employee or owner of Emperor Pigs or any of their associates. That's it? You came out here to tell me <laughs> that you're going to let me do God's know what to your boss as long as I leave the rest of you quivering vermin alone. While that's a certainly a colorful way to describe the situation, I am simply here to establish the terms of our customer service relationship moving forward. <laughs> and what's to stop me from leaving right now and killing your boss without signing this, this thing? Well, uh, you could, but then you would have to deal with the imminent wrongful death suit. Not to mention the murder accusation. Oh, I'm sure a demon of your status would be more than capable of fighting such petty legal battles. But why put yourself through the stress when you can walk out of here with the law on your side? And you, bitch pop? Her name is Maggie. You're content to let this happen? 
She wouldn't be here if she was- SILENCE! I want to hear her say it. Well, bitch pup, I'm waiting! Just sign the damn thing already. Ha! Spineless! <laughs> Just like the rest. Very well, I'll sign your contract, vermin. Where's a pen? I happen to have one right here. As you can see, we've already filled everything out for you. All you have to do is sign a date here. Now this is customer service I can get used to. <laughs> well, you know what they say about the customer being right. Peter! I found him! Gordon! Ooh, perfect timing. Give him here. Why would I ever do that? Because... Uh, you know what? I don't have time for this. Don't you touch him! What? Hi. Why can't I touch him? Explain, you little worms. You. What have you done? What sorcery is this? It's the sorcery of a binding legal contract. But the contract said that I could- Harm the Rochian in your possession. Judging by Fernod's, uh, well, perfect timing, I suspect that was not Gordon's situation when you signed. Why, you little... Oh, I'm going to... Do what? You'd do well to remember the other half of that contract. Do you know what happens to devils and demons who try too many times to break their contracts? No? Fernod! Would you care to offer your thoughts on the subject? Ooh, I'd rather not. But, but you, and, and, and he, and, and I'll get you! Mark my words, you haven't seen the last of me! And the next time we meet, it'll be the end of Emperor Pigs! Worst customer service ever! Gordon, are you okay? He's not entirely conscious right now, but he's alive. Thank goodness. Think you can get him home safely? Yeah, okay. It's not like I just carried him from the other side of town all by myself. Very good. I'll escort Maggie back to her apartment. Oh, sure. Take the easy job, why don't you? Oh, man, I'm dog tired. <laughs> what? Oh, right. Oh, come now. There's no need to be stone-faced all of the time. <laughs> You've got to give yourself license to laugh at yourself every once in a while. That's one of the few things that makes situations like ours bearable. I guess you're right. Sounds like there's another thought hanging on to that sentence. Well, I was just wondering, how did you know Fernod would find Gordon before you signed the contract? To be honest, I didn't. But that wasn't really what saved him. There was something else in that contract hidden in plain sight. Really? What was it? Ah, that's a secret. Oh, come on. You can't just drop something like that and then not tell me. That's cruel. Oh, bite me. <laughs> that's not funny. <laughs> just tell me. I'm afraid you're barking up the wrong tree. You are so lame. Home at last. And finally, 
I could let my hair down. Gordon was safe. Olgar was no longer a threat. And even Rome seemed to be in a better way when I passed her in the living room. I was well overdue for some time in my sanctuary. So, I reached into my hiding spot and... Oh no. This has been Postal Roach's presentation of Emperor Pigs, Episode 2, Stone-Faced. Written by Paul Moore. Featured in the cast were Alexander Doughty as Peter, Persephone Rose as Fernod, Grant Patrizio as Lord Holgar, Jessica Rose as Maggie, Sarah McManus as Rove, Tara as Akiko, and Carlos Ortega Jr. as Gordon. Original music arranged and performed by Megan Rose Scott, Emperor Pig's theme song by Jordan Oren. Our sound engineer was Persephone Rose. Emperor Pig's is a creation of Persephone Rose. The executive producer for Postal Roach is Persephone Rose. I'm Persephone Rose. Production copyright 2019 by Postal Roach. Visit us on the web at postalroach.com. Special thanks to the following Emperor Pig's very important patrons on Patreon. Alexander Ismail and Carlos Ortega Jr. Patreon supporters who pledge as little as $1 get early ad-free access to the show, and for a limited time, a promotional copy of the critically acclaimed audiobook for young demons, Holgar's First Bloodbath. You can learn more at patreon.com slash postalroach, or tap the Patreon button at emperorpigs.com. Stay tuned for a little taste of Holgar's first bloodbath right after these messages from our friends. Witness our miscreation. I've seen people go down that tunnel and no one has ever returned. Miscreation. Who's there? Who the fuck's there? Each episode, a new horror audio drama. This right here's the real deal. The three-in-one knife for slicing, dicing, mixing. Fourth of April. Search Miscreation on iTunes, Spotify, or Acast. I read about this one guy who killed his girlfriend and kept it from her family and friends for months. <gasps> David Casada rules the land of Espacor. He's a powerful wizard who created technomancy. Have you met him yet? Amazing, isn't it? Someone having magic awaken so quickly? I haven't seen anyone do that since... me. That worries me. (laughs) Maybe it should. (laughs) That implant is connected to your brain. Every thought you have had could be stored in there. I could so easily dig into the chip and look through all of it. And I don't want to do that. But if I must... I'll do the only thing I know to do. Goodbye, my friend. Rest well. One day this will work and I won't have to do that again. Step away from your world and into Varial. Visit varialrpg.com. Karen Holgar was a very unusual Fabmodius demon. Even though he was born into a wealthy family in the Second Circle, Holgar developed some peculiar interests from quite a young age. 
While his cousins were busy consuming the hearts of virgins, Holgar would creep off to the corral to play with his favorite human, a calf he called Oliver. Holgar and Oliver would run and dance and have quite the gay time. <laughs> they went on many adventures together. They even once rode on the back of a gurion. Holgar's parents were very worried about him. Karen has developed an unhealthy attachment to the livestock, his father said. Oh, let him have fun said his mother. He's just a bit slower than the other children. He'll catch on. But the boy can't survive on goat forever. He is going to be a lord one day. It's just not natural for a youth of his age to have never tasted the blood of the innocent. One day, Holgar's father had a very serious talk with him in the food court of the Fourth Circle Mall. Son, his father said, we need to talk about your human pet. Oliver, said Holgar excitedly, <laughs> taking a bite of neck out of the writhing lamb in his claws. Holgar's father sighed deeply. I told you not to name them, Karen. Holgar started to cry. Your teacher, Mr. Vapula, called me today. He found this in your desk. Holgar's father showed him a drawing Holgar had made of him and Oliver, with the words, Best Friends, written colorfully across the top. It's downright disgusting. I've told you before, Karen, I will not tolerate any more of this wholesome, angelic filth. Not while you're living under my roof. Tonight, you will slay that wretched thing for our dinner. But Holgar did not like the idea of eating his friend. When the time came for him to maim and disfigure all of Holgar's first bloodbath is written by Persephone Rose and narrated by Grant Patrizio. It is available on Audible, iTunes, and Amazon.com.